On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Mary Jo Tomasini from Competitive Edge, and she tells us why technology has changed our industry for the better. This episode of Delivering Marketing Joy is brought to you by Gold Star. When you're looking for the simplest, most creative ways to buy promotional writing instruments, go to goldstarpens.com DMJ to learn more and get your free simplicity starter kit. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman. With me today is a first-time guest, but one who I've been looking forward to talking to, so I'm so excited about it. Mary Jo Tomasini, she's the CEO of Competitive Edge. Mary Jo, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Kirby. I'm really glad to be part of your show. Thank you, thank you. So. I wanted to jump right in and say, you know, you've been CEO of Competitive Edge for quite a few years now. Um, and so I'm sure you've seen, you know, quite a bit of change in our industry. So, you know, I always say we focus a lot on the challenge of change. What are some things that have excited you in our industry or in business during that time? Well, I would say my two favorite things about change is that I remember how it was way back when. And so, you know, way back when, you know, you had to look up in these big books. Research tools were like unbelievable. I mean, they, I don't even think they had post-it notes when I started the business. I don't know. Anyhow, um, so technology is huge. Um, what technology can do for us, how it can help us run our businesses, um, cloud, you know, being able to have everything out in the cloud. Um, I remember when we made that change like a decade ago, and I thought, oh, my God. What if all the servers go down? And here we are, we're still breathing, um, and uh, everything is good. So um, technology is huge as far as what we've been able to do. Um, I literally came from an age where you know you had to get camera-ready art, mm -hmm. which was a good thing in a way because people couldn't mess up a logo; they couldn't grab the corner, drag, you know, make it stretch or whatever, or turn it purple. Um, but um, the, um, the bad thing is that people, you know, are constantly challenging um, customers' logo standards, and so you um, you have people that think they're artists, and <laughs> and then you're like, well, I'm sorry, but I will lose my contract with your company if I do what you just asked me to do. Right. Put a surfboard through the middle of the logo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So technology is, uh, has been a huge change, and with technology. Has been the change in printing technology. Um, you know, I remember doing art pieces on things like mugs and beach towels, and it was like a million dollars to set it up. And now it's like free, and you could probably do one. And you know, a hundred years ago, you had to do like a thousand, and it would take forever. So um, definitely, um, printing our technology has changed how we can print and. Yeah just our ability to print on more things and be more creative than we ever could be before. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I've been in the industry for quite a few years now and the technology that I think we so often complain about, man, it's, it, some days I want to say, I'll tell you what, let's travel back in time and, and go through the books that we used to have to. And I think you'd feel pretty good about it. I think you're right about that. Um, now your company is owned, created, and certainly today, there's more conversation around that than ever before. So what advice do you have for young women considering stepping out onto their own in the industry or in any industry? 
Well, um, you know, my best advice is to be authentic. I think um, one of the reasons that women are successful in business is because a lot of times they're more relational than men can be. Now, I would say excluding you, maybe. But, um, you know, generally guys are like data driven and they may not be relationship builders as much as women are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think being authentic is, um, is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that maybe um, that's why we're seeing more and more women in business. Um, I will say though that um, I'm not a fan of resting on your laurels and thinking that certification is going to move the needle for you mm -hmm. um, as far as business. Um, honestly, I think that's a bunch of baloney. Um, when I first was certified, uh, the customer that asked me to certify literally drug me kicking and screaming. I'm like, I'm not disadvantaged. I'm not doing this. Like you know, it. I'm the best and we're not going to do this. But then I understood why he needed to do it. Um, you know, it was a big company and they wanted uh, to be able to count that spend. And so once I realized the value to my customer, I'm like, okay, fine, but don't ever call me a disabled or a disadvantaged business because right. I want you to do business with me. So um, I think women definitely go to market differently. Um, but, you know, a lot of times people talk about certification like it's the holy grail. It is not the holy grail. Um, you know, what will change things maybe is if you're like in a bidding situation and all things are equal and let's say it's a power company or something, you might move the needle because you have certification. But, you know, please, please, please do not go to market. That's wrap things up. Yeah. No, it's. I, I think you're right. I think uh, often, again, there's strengths and weaknesses to to both genders. I, like I certainly think that that uh, my wife and my mother are much better at really spending the extra time sometimes to build that relationship. And you know, uh, my wife will be talking about somebody's birthday, and I'll be like, oh. I, I didn't know that was happening. And so, you know, again, I think there's, there's strengths and weaknesses both ways, but I think you're right. Play, play to those, right? Right, for yeah. sure. And it, yeah. you know, it also goes back to temperament training too. But, you know, I, I used to say that men weren't good listeners. Well, I don't know that men aren't good listeners. I think it goes back to temperament training. Um, but my dad was one of our first salespeople a long time ago, and he never would listen to a customer. I'm like, dad, Listen to the customer. If they said they wanted to see it in pink, show them in pink. Even if you think it's stupid, do it. And um, so a lot of times I'm beating people over the head with the fact that they need to be really good listeners. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you may actually um, get your customer to see your position, but don't blow them off and ignore that they asked you for something that you thought was silly. No, that's that's super good advice. Super good advice because I think sometimes we always think we know best, but at the end of the day, they're the ones spending the money. So um, you're, that's a great point. So uh, final question for you. You know, I, I love that you served on the PPA board. I, I just know that's a huge commitment. Um, why do you think that was so important to do? Well, it was important to me because um, – you know, this may sound cliche, but this is the industry that has given me my livelihood. Mm. And I've spent most of my adult life doing this, and I wanted to give back. Uh, I knew that it would be a large commitment of time. And so I was kind of strategic about it. Mm -hmm. um, I, first of all, I made sure that I rolled off of local boards first. 
um, because you just can't be overcommitted. You, right. when you, well, you can be, but I choose not to be. <laughs> um, so I think for you to be effective, you have to be an on-purpose person. And so part of being an on-purpose person was to roll off of like United Way and Junior Team and things like that. And then um, I needed my business to be large enough to support mm. that amount of time for me to be gone. Um, and, uh, you know, be, becoming chair of the association was great. It was absolutely a wonderful experience, but it did take a lot of time. And so I couldn't have done it as well as I did it this, you know, recently, 10 years ago. I think it would have been more difficult. Mm -hmm. I would have had more people crying. When <laughs> yeah, that's actually a piece of advice somebody gave me is make sure that your business is at least closer to being able to operate with you not being in the office every day if you want to take on a commitment like that. And that, I think that was the moment that I was like, wow, well, that's, that's a big deal. And so it made, not that I didn't respect the commitment before, but it certainly I was like, it made me appreciate the people who are doing it. Yeah, yeah, being the chair of anything can be like another uh, full-time job depending on what's going on in that nonprofit. And so you need to make sure that your business can still keep running. Yeah. So very thankful to the team that I have in place. And um, there's more than one leader than me, so that helps. For sure. Well, you've answered my three questions, Mary Jo. We, we made it, we got Skype to work for us. Uh, I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? Well, I want to know, um, what do you see in the future that tells you that we are going to continue to be relevant and not become a dinosaur of the past as far as the promotional products industry in general? Mm. Yeah, so it's the, you know, the idea of the travel agent, right? Um, and so I think I, I've sort of kind of come to the conclusion that I think that uh, companies in our industry are going to go one of two ways. They're going to uh, go price-based, and I say that not in a, a bad way, right? Like it's, it's just that's the place they're going to compete, or they're going to go value-add, services, agency model, call it whatever you want. But I feel like we're going in, in one of two ways. I think in the, the, what's the, the, the people in the middle are going to get crushed. They're the ones that are going to get left behind. And, you know, I think that the folks, for, for somebody like us, I think that when, um, the, if you're really good on service logistics and price that you can compete over here, um, I think the reality of it is there is still value in, and, and my company tends to lean toward agency model. And that's the reason we've done it is because I think that there is still a way to provide that value but you're not gonna do it just going, dropping off a catalog and saying, hey, we can put your logo on pens. And those are the folks, I mean, candidly, I think those folks are gonna go away <laughs> because they're not adding adding value. Um, and I, you know, I, the funny thing it is, we always use the travel agent as the example. And I will tell you, when it comes to traveling, big traveling, I still use an agent, yeah. right? The, the, my sure. agent has found a way to provide value in a certain niche and I think that's what's going to happen with our industry, too. I mean, travel agents haven't gone away. It's just changed. Right, right, yeah. Cool. No, very true, very true. No, I, I believe that we're going to be here um, quite, a, you know, quite a, many years in the future. Um, I don't listen to people that say it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. That's you awesome. and I go to market very similarly. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mary Jo, thank you so much. I know this was a time commitment for you, and I appreciate you taking it. And we'll have to do it again sometime, okay? 
Pleasure. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. What's up?